Welcome, everyone, to welcome to the Return of the Knicks podcast. I am Sports Jedi Kev. I hope everyone's doing well. Welcome aboard. Well, let's break it right into the nuts and bolts of things. The New York Knicks last night fall to the Orlando Magics, one hundred four to ninety-eight. Uh, a game that leaves your head scratched. It leaves you puzzled. It leaves you, you know, wanting to have answers from the New York Knicks. That performance at home. Why can't they seem not to close out the games at home? Oh, my God. I was all over the place with that one. Um, uh, New York City grammar. <laughs> but, um, like, head scratching. You know, we saw some puzzling things. Another struggle from Julius Randle. And it's not on Julius Randle's fault on that game. Um, although he, he would help if he was to hit some more shots. He was 1 of 11 from three-point line. 1 of 11. And uh, and I'll get the numbers on each and every one of them. And it's not solely on him. Once again, I want to be transparent. I'm not blaming Julius Randle. R.J. Barrett didn't have not have a good game. Kemba Walker, um, MIA again. You know, um, Derrick Rose played well. But wasn't as usual with Derrick Rose self there. Um, you know, but you're going to have time to time again. Um, you know, it seemed like they the Knicks hit some shots, but they just didn't have that big moment of that big clutch shot they were hitting some shots at times but when they needed a a, a statement basket they were weren't there and and orlando you know young team that likes to run and gun quick i uh, know we understand that they're, they're one of the lowest bottom echelons team in the nba hey half of their wins came against the knicks and both of them are Madison square garden so they only won four games and two of them were at the garden so it it, it tells you something but that team was that team. I'm, I'm from Orlando, Florida. I live in Orlando, and this is being broadcast from Orlando, Florida. I've been here for almost, you know, a decade and a half. I've seen them on the Magic's play. I've seen a, a lot of the preseason of the Magic's um, living down here. You know, when you get free tickets or when, or when a good friend invites you, you go. And when we went to see them against the San Antonio Spurs, they were very I, – I left that, that preseason game a little impressed with the Orlando Magic's. To the point I was like, you know, I wasn't saying they're going to go to the playoffs. I wasn't saying it even, I'm not even saying they're going to make a play in tournament. I'm just saying they're going to be, a, they're a good team night in, night out. They're going to fall short due to errors, uh, mistakes, and so forth. But they're going to, they're not going to be a, a, a quite a an extreme pushover. They got talent there. They got some athleticism, speed, you know, and, and so forth. And right now what it looks like, the matchups with the Magics, Favors it hurts the New York Knicks right now, especially a team that's trying to find themselves. They they don't have an identity. The Knicks currently right now. What's the New York Knicks identity? You can't say their staple is defense because they're they're not playing that same intense defense. Although we saw that in that Indiana Pacer game, that um, it was a pleasant to see it arrive and return. But right now you don't see what's their identity. They they want to be a three point team that. Chucks up shots, um, shooting over. You know they shot forty something threes. We'll get all we'll get all the nuts and bolts in the numbers. I just want to give my opening statement. What it was, we're we're at we're searching for answers as the New York Knicks. What is their identity? And right now, you know we haven't. We're just what sixteen games close to it. We still don't know the identity of this team, and which it's it's, it's okay. You're still above five hundred by one game so forth. You've seen in the beginning of the season. When it clicks, it clicks really good. It looked it really, really not really phenomenal. The Boston, you know, and and they and if you're telling me they have good wins, uh, um, in the season they beat the Bucks, 
you know, they beat the Pacers, they beat the Chicago Bulls, they beat the, the uh, 76ers twice, the Celtics. They got some good victories on their belts here and also got some losses that you're like, wow, you should have lost. You should have not lost twice to the Orlando Magics. And plus on home on your home court, uh, that, that Raptors game, you know, and so forth. We could just sit here and go over every every bit of it. Um, they're still finding themselves. Uh, the combinations right now in the starting unit is not falling into place yet. You don't see also the one good thing you can say about the New York Knicks is there is their young developing second unit. Obi Toppin, Emmanuel quickly, they're they're taking some good leaps and bounds forward. I think Derrick Rose is not just uh in short spurts their best player right now and also the most popular player i i i do those that don't know me and listen to me the first time on podcast and salute to everyone um listening to us on the podcast and everywhere you find your podcast on the youtube channel or here on twitch or any other other of the platforms that we tell we uh broadcast this message to i do what's called the the new york mix play-by-play watch along um um every every game on youtube channel and, and facebook and twitter i'm not yet on twitch yet I, I will be shortly hopefully in the near future we'll be um simulcasting live directly onto twitch right now only three platforms and and i do the games watch along and we get a lot of folks from the philippines on our program and salute to the philippines for the uh, the wonderful love that you guys give uh bx sports jedi network not just for the, the watch-alongs on, on the NBA and the Knicks, as well as the MLB with the Yankees. Um, overwhelming support. And my point is that everyone that was came from the Philippines, all they were asking for was Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose it is, he, is in the game. How's Derrick Rose statistically? How's Derrick Rose doing? Um, did he play? Has he scored? You know, so, you know, and the chat. And they all come into the chat. They write on the chat where... My program, and those that, like I said, that that don't know know me, that are hearing me for the first time, I'm a very uh, heavy chat interaction. You know, I, I you know, I, I believe in the audience participation. You know, the chat participation. You ask me questions, you ask for scores, and so forth. And Philippines. My point is, Derrick Rose is the most popular player for the New York Knicks on this current um, team, and that's not to me. It's not an issue, no problem, but. It shouldn't it be Julius Randle? Shouldn't it be RJ Barrett? Um, you know, and it's so something about those two players. They're 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 up there right now. They're on one two punch. Um, if you ask me, although you know, although you could say Derrick Rose is the number two punch right now, especially coming off the bench. He's the leader. He's the leader of the Rat Pack. Uh, one of our, one of our, our uh, subscribers that comes in the chat, uh, Kelvin T. Jones Senior um named the rat pack he gave him the nickname and we we kept it so the the second unit we call it the rat pack with obi top in and so forth and they're playing phenomenal you know Derek rose is playing wonderful basketball at that age um uh, 33 years old um developing help developing quickly help developing uh obi Toppin, and alex burks fits in fine perfectly with them um as well as Taj gibson you know um night in night out you know what we get from them that's the right now you could say the Knicks identity is that right now. Their second unit, um, the way they change the pace, the way they're able to fight back and claw back on any deficit the Knicks find themselves. Heck, you even saw them come back from a 21-point deficit against the defending world champions a couple Friday nights. 
And it's a little bit of a concern because you want your starters to be the guys that are really doing all the heavy lifting, the bulk of the work here, and, and putting the, the second unit in position to continue to succeed. Um, just think when the first the, the starters gets to click and starts going, they're gonna they're you know they should be handily winning these games by double digit leads or you know victories if everything clicks there. But then you're gonna have another in other hand you're gonna say, well, you're not gonna expect that the second unit to always provide this punch that it gives it. You could be right there. You know we could meet in the middle or, or say it's a balance, but uh, the way the energizing effort, barring injuries, uh, um, the, energy, the, energy, the energy that the second unit brings night in, night out. Now we've seen, we've seen a long sample size of this. We've seen it since, we could say since Derrick Rose was, was um, acquired in that trade last season from Detroit. Now he's on this team. And you see that same energy and you see what you're going to get from the second unit of the New York Knicks bench. And with that said, um, that's their that I think that's their identity. And I'm not calling and uh, grant uh, granted, I'm not calling for more minutes from the starters, and I'm not from the second unit to be starters. I'm not saying that either. Um, but that's their identity. Let's I don't know what to say about the starting unit. Um it's just not fitting right now. You you saw RJ Barrett had a had taken some nice steps forward. Now he's uh, taking a step back, regress. Judas Randall this season has not come up. This the season that we were spoiled. Um, my question is: Did Judas Randall raise the bar last year so high that he's not capable of reaching that bar again? I'm not saying it's a fluke either. I'm just saying everything is just last year may have been a might have been a perfect storm for that young man's career. You know he had you know and. Maybe he he just didn't want to get uprooted last year because remember that the the plan for the New York Knicks front office as well as Kibito, everyone knows it. It's been documented. It's been even mentioned. Um, a couple of hours was mentioned um, by many different talking heads, um, ESPN, and also us, the content creators on on, on these platforms. Uh, the plan was they were drafting Obi Toppin, and during the middle of the season, they were going to trade Julius Randle. They were going to flip. Or package to even more picks, you know, a disgruntled player or a, or a, a, one of these all stars players that had a enormous contract that they want to, you know, teams wanted to move it and, and uh, try and the Knicks were going to try to pick up a, a contract, their contract along with some draft picks, the same way that Brooklyn did a couple years ago when they were rebuilding, when they when they took on some contracts, bad contracts, and they they also got some draft picks in, in exchange for that, um, you know, with the Allen, uh, I think it was Allen Crabb kind of move and, and those kind of deals, you know, and the Knicks, everything changed. The narrative changed when Julius Randle just came out and he was uh, an all-star, let alone eighth in an MVP voting, he had an MVP type of season all around. This year, he's not hitting the mid, Julius Randle has a few issues of his own. He's not hitting the, the long mid-range, he's shooting around 20 24% from the long mid-range, while last year he shot around uh, 57 or close around there. I might, my like I said, my numbers might be wrong, and he's struggling from that shot. Teams have a, a different scouting report with him. They're forcing him to the baseline. They're forcing him to to a lot of out-of-bounds plays. They're forcing him to dribble and, and that way, and it, either he he gets trapped in the, in the 
side corner there with no real estate with and the shot clock either and, and any of he's gonna either pass the ball cross court which is players are getting in the passing lane or he's gonna put up a bad shot with the shot clock coming down to bail him out because he could create one thing great or good about julius randy he could create his own shot he's not limited but it's sometimes it's not the correct shot or it doesn't it's not a good looking high percentage shot so that's one of his struggles so far with it and also you know we saw a couple games when we saw Cam the, the Charlotte Hornet game, although the Knicks lost that game, when the offense flows to the point guard and the point guard penetrates and, and flows either with Derrick Rose or Kimba Walker, the team looks much more better, more crisper, much more decent. You know, the, the Charlotte Hornet game, we broke it down before. We know what went wrong with the defense, not intensity and so forth, and, and back and forth with that. We also saw it in the Indiana Pacer game. You know, the guys were the, the point guard. We had a three-level of point guard. We had a three-headed point guard. And, uh, you know, you saw the first half, it was Kemba Walker attacking, and, and the office ran to Kemba Walker, then Derek Rose, and then Manu quickly closed it out for the last uh, six minutes of the fourth quarter, and you saw that victory. And, you know, it also helped that they got a, um, a good defensive effort. You know, you hold 10 points. You hold an NBA team to 10 points in the fourth quarter. That's going to be a recipe of victory. But leather, leather, neither the less, excuse me for being tongue twisted. Um, you see the Knicks still needs to run the point guard, need, need to run their offense to point guard, get other players involved. And it's not, on a, it's not a detriment on Julius Randle. Um, Julius Randle knows what to play, knows how to play basketball. He's, he's been a hardworking NBA um, player, collegiate level player all his life. I, I, I right now, and believing in Randall, I still believe in Randall, but here's the only but, but not for the minutes he played last season. Um, I think some way, some route, uh, I think his minutes need to diminish just a little bit. I'm not asking to keep him completely off the floor. I'm not asking to give him the Kemba Walker treatment. That Kemba Walker right now is not even playing the fourth quarter. Um, and, and RJ Barrett at times didn't play. I think a big turning point last night's game was in that fourth quarter, uh, Thibodeau, and you have to, you have to bring you, you know, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Uh, he brought back Julius in and he put RJ on the power power forward position. There were, you know, you see the the sizes, you know, Orlando took advantage there, the, the end one. Um, and he also, one thing I noticed on the floor, and I was mentioning to one of my one of, one of my co-partners here on, on the network, that, on the Fourth Jedi Network on the Return of the Knicks podcast that comes out with me and him, Gideon, a.k.a. G-Money, who always comes down after each game and he breaks everything down. He gives me his assessment and he breaks it. does a really good job with it. And we, we were mentioning to him and we said, you know what I noticed? Emmanuel quickly on the floor. Emmanuel quickly was being vocal, a vocal leader, um, being more assertive. Uh, I remember a couple times he kept telling his play, uh, players around him, you, you didn't rotate. You know, he was holding some players uncountable, not not a demon, not in a demonstratory or demeaning way on the floor, but you be reading lips because you know I, I get to when I do the watch alongs, I get to do it. I get it on the on the application where it doesn't take commercial breaks. It's on the all twenty two. I'm similar to the NFL, and you stay on the on the court during the commercials. You see the feet from the from the arena. You know, whatever. Sometimes they have the T-shirts. You see the, the city girl dancers or whatever kind, whatever. Um, entertainment they have but also it stays there with the players doing doing the timeouts and uh you know and when they're walking back you see quickly quickly um immediately goes to either top in and one point he 
went to RJ. I think he, uh, a few other players. I I I, I should have wrote and written it down. And he was telling him, you know, hey, if I'm here, you need to rotate and move. You know, when the players there, I know there was a fast break opportunity when Emmanuel quickly was heading back. He was a two on one, um, and Toppin uh, didn't rotate. Allow I think allowed Mont from Franz Wagner to euro step and got and got into the got in the easy bucket and he told quickly quickly told Toppin you need to rotate and draw the charge and that was really cool i was like you know what he's being vocal he also mentioned i think he mentioned it to if i'm not mistaken it was to um i think it was when he was on the floor with randall if i'm not mistaken i'm not too sure if it was with randall or if it was with with Burks, but I know it was it was one of them that he asked. Oh no, R, oh, RJ Barrett. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm, all, I'm sorry. To, I should have wrote that down. I was just doing the watch along. It's hard to write everything. Why are you doing a watch along and, and describing every play of the game? But the point, other than less, the point is that you see maybe Manu quickly is asserting himself of being a floor general leader and being vocal and telling his teammates, you know, rotate. Trust me, I'm going to be here. I will rotate. And so forth. And if you know, a leader leads by example, hopefully this is a good thing going forward um, for for Manu quickly in that game. Um, a lot of things happen on the game. Let's get to the game um, stats. The uh, the Knicks they they were actually led last night. Uh, their leading scorer was R.J. Barrett. No, is this the right game? Yes, it is. Yeah, R.J. Barrett had 17 points. Nine rebounds, five assists. Um, Judas Randle had 13 points, five rebounds, and three assists. And they both played 34, 32 minutes. Mitchell Robinson logged in there with 13 points, 11 rebounds, uh, 31 assists. Mitchell Robinson would play a pretty well game. He played a pretty good game. He wasn't really that impactful on the defense, if you ask me. Um, he didn't really, really, really didn't assert himself too much. Uh, you had Evan Fournier. Uh, we thought I thought he was gonna have a breakout game seeing his former teammates on the court, you know, in the Orlando Magics, knows how they, you know, the tendencies, how they play and so forth. But it, of course it might be it's a younger, different team, but uh, you know, you still see that your old team, your old that old uniform, and you wanna um send a message. But Evan Forney only had five points. He had five points and assist and a rebound in 21 minutes. Kemba Walker had five points, uh two assists and a rebound he also played 21 minutes did not play the fourth quarter and i don't think evan played any bit you know the fourth quarter neither and uh alex burks alex burks was solid again um you know i keep saying alex burks is unappreciative player for the new york knicks he had 50 locked in with 15 minutes he played 27 minutes alex burks he had five rebounds on um, four assists um what can you say um unappreciative you know you know he could get shrieky that sometimes he don't score as much, but he is. You know, you're gonna get some. You're gonna get a maximum effort from Alex Burks. He just goes well. What the Knicks need him for. Um, he doesn't overdo too much of what is needed, and he, I think he provides exactly what the Knicks need um, from that position, from what his skill set is. And uh, Manu quickly. He had 24 minutes. He had four rebounds, seven assists. Yeah, seven assists. He led the team last night in assists. He had uh, six points. You know, those three pointers. Um, not a lot of scoring, but he was, you know, working the assist, breaking defense down. He was doing a little other things, you know, um, moving guys around on defense, being vocal. So you see a little bit of emergence of Manu quickly, possibly being the, the, the general, floor general um, in the near future. And he's starting to develop that that aspect of being vocal. No longer that shy kid. And, uh, you know, keep an eye on that in a couple of games from now. 
see how, how he keeps maturing and, and excelling. And as the game slows down for Emmanuel quickly, maybe the game slow, slows down enough for him where he gets to be more vocal, which we've seen it on the floor. We've seen to see it so far here. Then you had uh, Derek Rose. Derek Rose, 19 minutes. He had 10 points, two rebounds, and assist. Usually not what we normally think of Derrick Rose, but Rose was good, although the only lasting in, um, impression that you're going to have on Derrick Rose was that bad turnover. Uh, he was trying to go for a home run shot. You know, turnovers is you you taking risk or, you know, one-on-one -on -one, um, mistakes, you know, that you take a lapse and, and you – that's a turnover normally deals with when you're in isolation or you're trying to do – something a risk play a risk high risk reward and derrick rose tried to go to high risk reward feeding feeding off um if he would have connected with that home run to rj barrett um in the wing he that would have led to an easy dunk and we know we, we who knows where that game would have been you know that 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 dunk there that that turnover led to a terrence ross uh got in the lane and led to a fast break where he dunked the ball and that's when the magic took a one-point lead there in which they didn't relinquish and it would have changed it would have changed the complexion of the game all in all, Derrick Rose had a just had a, a regular game, uh, um, mediocre. Um, um, you know what you're gonna get. Rose, he was he wasn't great, but he was good. Um, you know, at ten points in nineteen minutes. You know, that's not bad there. One thing, another player that had a, a really good game, another phenomenal game, impactful, um, and actually hit two three pointers. It was Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin had fourteen points. He shot. He had two three pointers. He hadn't made a three pointer since game. Since game number two against the Orlando Magic, yes, he was like 0 for 25, something like that from three-point land. And he hit two consecutive back-to-back. -back. Uh, you know, he, he still continues to be a threat off the glass. Um, you saw the dunks, the alley-oops. You know, you see him on a defense up and down the court. Um, his energy is phenomenal off the chains. Um, you know, sometimes he gets beat on defensive, but he's still learning the craft. He's starting to still learn how to play defense year two. What a what a big improvement from an Obi Toppin. Um actually the crowd and, and he and everyone in on Twitter, social media, and all the different platforms are calling for more minutes, you know. And the Obi, Obi Toppin train um bandwagon is starting, it's for real. The hive um there and the four and then everyone I call it the, the Obi Force, Obi One Force is really getting big and you know. This person right here that you're looking at, um, myself, am a huge, I mean, when I mean a huge Obi Toppin fan, I, I, I don't, I just want to see him and quickly do phenomenal. Um, and I want our homegrown talent to be the main guys to lead this, lead this, especially a kid from Brooklyn, um, come in and play for the Knicks, um, me from the Bronx. I love to see Campbell Walker here. Uh, you know, I identify my, I, I say I identify myself in a way because if I was, to in a position to play and be um, blessed with that talent, I would love to play for my New York Knicks or my hometown. If I was a baseball player, I wanted to play for the Yankees, you know, or, or the Knicks or, or any of the football, New York football teams, if I were to be a professional. Of course, I want to play for my team that I was, you know, the state and the city that I was born in and represent them and try to, you know, especially the Knicks, you want to you be the a homegrown talent to come in here and, and break this 50-year slump that we're in and win the championship, my God. So speaking of that, um, I'm going to go with one of the biggest um, um, unsung heroes, night in, night out, uh, Taj Gibson, you know, the heart and soul of the team, Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn native as well. Um, he had 14 minutes. He only had two rebounds, no assists, no points. 
Um, Tim Gibson was a little quiet there tonight. One thing that I know I I don't want I don't want to hammer Tom Thibodeau on this either, but I think he should have played down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Um, it was interesting to see Andre Barrett as the power forward in there and Julius on the five. Um, you know, and I understand you know if you're not gonna what, so why. Um, have RJ and you're going to stunt his development. He's got to get on the floor for crunch time, closing time. You want to be, a, you're going to groom him to be a closer or dare I say the franchise player of the team. He needs to, you know, RJ needs to be on the floor against a really um, low level um, Orlando Magics. All the narratives that we mentioned, you're absolutely correct with it. Um, but my point is, uh, I think Gibson should have been on that floor. Remember, Gibson was the one that pretty much sealed that victory. Besides the RJ three pointer that that he nailed it and, and closed out the show there, but it was Todd Gibson's defensive um, turnover getting in the passing lane that it was going to lead to to a dunk for the for the Pacers last game that he got he intercepted that pass uh, from uh, from uh, that was going to Karis Levert and that led to the the you know the swing play where where RJ hits the three from Rose. And and that was the unsung hero was Todd Gibson. I I was kind of not not worried or puzzled. I, I actually was like, hmm, I wonder why Gibson didn't go in there. And I understand you you're, you you gotta keep Gibson fresh. You know you know, he, he, and it's not that old of a player, but I understand why you went that way. You, the Knicks one needed offense. They weren't scoring the offense. They 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 were anemic on offense again. You know, and they needed they went small ball to try to get some offense going. I understand that. I understand that because. Todd Gibson isn't called to play to be an offensive threat for the New York Knicks on this team. And I, I get that. I see why why you get you went that small ball and they didn't play Gibson there. But it was a little puzzling. I'm wondering how the outcome would have been different if Gibson would have been on the floor um, just to, for defensive purposes uh, in that close game there. It would have made a difference or not. We would never know. That's all semantics at this point. But let me let's go with the let's see if I get some more. Let's see if I get some stats here some more in-depth stats and again Julius ended up playing 32 minutes he shot 4 of 11 from the field 36.4 percent he was a negative 21 on the on the court negative 21 um those those in analytics symmetric numbers Evan Fournier in 20 minutes 30 and 20 20 point uh 20 minutes 36 seconds he was shooting two of six from the field another one 33 0.3%. He was a minus one. Kemba Walker, and two out of seven from the field, he shot 28.6%. He was a minus three. And really one of the few Latin minuses on the bench was Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, according to metrics, he was four of nine, shot 44.4%. He was a minus 11. I guess the turn those turnovers were hampering him. Gibson was a minus five. All around, there was a lot of minuses. And I say some of the numbers are dis misleading because Burks got a minus five on the court on the field on and um, um, plus minus and he was a minus five and Burks did not did not play as a negative. I'm sorry, you say that's why numbers sometimes can be a little deceiving. I think he played really really a good game and oh, and and Manu quickly was a minus one, although I, I think quickly was very vocal, very um, leader and he helped there. So, you know that Julius Randle minus twenty one is a little bit exaggerated as well, but also but when you shoot one from a, one for um, one for 11 from, you know, from three point and out of those, you know, four of those were a couple of, uh, dunk, I had a dunk or a put back offensive rebound. He, you know, that that's, I could see, 
um, why he's a negative there. And, and Andre Barrett was a minus two, although Andre Barrett felt he was more impactful of a minus two on the floor. Um, seven of nine um, shot 36.8% from the field. Uh, and sometimes, like I say, numbers are, are a little a little bit crazy, uh, you know. And, you know, and, and the Knicks as a team collectively shot 42% from the field, 37 out of 88. The Orlando Magic shot uh, 40.6%. Not that good either, but he 39 out of 96. The Magic's were 11 out of 38 with 28.9 points, uh, uh, 29 percentage from the three-point land. The Knicks shot 16 out of 49. They shot, they they ended up chucking 49 threes. They shot 32.7 percent. If they would have hit, I think if they would have hit the league average at 36 percent, we're talking about a different victory. You're talking about two more threes made. Who know? Who knows? Uh, the Knicks shot 66.7 uh, percent from the free throw line. They missed four free throws, so. They were eight out of twelve. The Magic's were fifteen out of eighteen with eighty-three point three from the from the charity strike. The Knicks were again second game in a row. They were totally out rebound, uh, fifty-one to forty-five. Uh, the Knicks were also offensive rebound, uh, fourteen and eleven. The Knicks had twenty-five assists though to the Magic's twenty. The Knicks had more blocks, seven blocks. The Knicks did not have more steals. The Magic's had seven steals to the Knicks five. The Knicks, here's the number that, that gets um, also why you, you lost this game. You had 18 turnovers. The New York Knicks did not secure the ball, 18 turnovers. Um, I remember so many countless times that a uh, lot of foot out of bounds, um, turnovers with those. Um, they go too much to the corners. They love that that high corner of the of the court. And just, you know, you have so much court in front of you. Play in front. You know, I, I understand the corners are the, are the shortest trees, but – and they just go there so much, and teams are trapping there. And teams get savvy; they they're really savvy. They they know how to rotate well, and and I think that's the scouting report that they have right now on them. So so that let's get the Magic's for the Orlando Magic's. The Orlando Magic's last night they were led by Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross had 19 points in 30 minutes with two assists, two rebounds. You know he's an instant microwave, always scoring, looking to score. Um, then followed by Cole Anthony. Not a good night for Cole Anthony. Um, he didn't shoot so particular well. Let's get, let's see where I get Cole Anthony's numbers there, just to give you guys a look on Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony was five out of twenty-one. So no, that was not good. But but um, he was a plus four. You know, no one was just Gary Harris was a minus for the Magic. Harris and R.J. Hampton. Those it. Everyone else was in the positive. You know, um, you had Kendall, Wendell Carter Jr. Did any, he was hesitant. He only shot one. He, he, he only made one three. He was one of four. He didn't want to shoot the three. He passed out on a lot of threes. And, and he was a plus seven. You know, Franz Wagner, he was, you know, he shot six of six of 11. You know, what a pain in the butt he was. He had 16 points for the Magic. Carter had 11 points. Mo Bamba had 12 points. Yeah, and Mo Bamba, you know, six for 13. Uh, uh, you saw Jalen Suggs, all those I know the Magic's. If you look at them, the amount of field goals made, not a lot, but man, they felt so crucial and so impactful. You know, um, Jalen Suggs only had five field goals made, and he just felt like he was taking. He took over the game at a portion there in the, in the early fourth quarter. Like my God, he's he's and, you know, and we only made five five or twelve. You know, and then you had. Um, uh, Sume Okiki. Okiki was three for four. He only put up four. He only did four attempts. But man, it felt like they were 
very impactful in key moments of the game. He's three for four or nine points. Um, he also had that uh, the, the three-point play. You know, you had Gary Harris was one for five, and you had uh, Mo Wagner two for three there. He only played five minutes, five about six on just six minutes. Um, and he, and he had he he had some good numbers there. He had six points, two threes that he made there. You know, so Orlando, their numbers aren't so hot, nothing sexy. Their leading scorer only had 16 points, you know, and they scattered the ball and, and, and not too much of a balanced scoring. You know, the high man was 16, and, you know, you had some 15, 13, 12, 19, 11. You know, eh, it wasn't nothing, you know, it, 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 and it just, that's what frustrates us as Knicks fans to see, you know, the Orlando Magics, the way they, they just, we should have got that victory. Would have, could have, should have, you know, hopefully, hopefully in a few months, the Knicks go on a stretch. They go, they they get clicking, and we look at this partner like, oh, remember when we lost those um that that was those two games in 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 November to the Magic's? Oh man, just imagine what we how much better we could really be. So hopefully, you know, when we look at it, religious history, we'll, we'll we'll chuckle at it, or we could say, you know what, that was a concern. The the, the warning signs were in, was early in the season, but it'll be interesting to see. I have I have the audio for uh, Coach Thibodeau. And it's and once I have it, you know, I'll play the audio of Coach Thibodeau, and we'll hear from Coach uh, in a minute, courtesy of the MSG Network. And hopefully, we can hear it. Let's see if we could hopefully hopefully we hear it. Let me see. Maybe we're not hearing it well. Hold on. We'll go to Thibodeau again. Let's give it another shot. Let's oh, we do have Thibodeau there. Oh, let me bring that back there. Excuse me, guys. So this is live in color. So and let's go Thibodeau.
Good question, Nobi Toppin. Now, that's not Obi's fault. You're asking them about the rotation and, and figuring it out now. So Mitchell Robinson there. So thank, so thank you to, we'll, we'll thank you, Coach Thibodeau there. We'll, we'll go as far as I go there. Um, he's talking about adjustments, so look for him. And what a way of, of getting him involved and, and adjusting and making adjustments. Now, you got a game against the lonely Houston Rockets. Only have one, one in 14 on the season. Um, we know that they're rebuilding. They know that they have a lot of rookies, uh, you know, for, you know, they, their roster, not good team there. They're coming in the garden. Um, the recipe, it's like the chicken soup recipe here that they have is the Rockets for the Knicks. Now, the Knicks have an opportunity to whatever message they resented here as a team, as a coaching staff. Um, you know, interesting the next two days of practice today, Thursday. They don't play Friday either, so they have another two days off before they, they, they get in here and they play the Houston Rockets. Um, let's see, you know, last time they had two days off Friday, they had Saturday and Sunday, they played Monday against the Pacers. They had one of the best defensive team of, of the season so far this early though, but the hell, you know, and let's see how they're going to come out Saturday night against the Houston Rockets. 
you know, um, we shall see how that adjustments, how Thibodeau, the message. And uh, of course, it has to start with Julius Randle. Last year, Julius Randle bought into Tom Thibodeau's system to the message preach, and he led by example. He led by example, and, and it rubbed off on everyone on the team. You saw guys hustling. You know, they knew the Knicks were, were not uh, a fully gift, um, complimentary gifted team on offense, but they it worked well with this team. You know, it wasn't the sexy team we wanted. We wanted them to go deep in the playoff run, you know, but at times it was an exciting season. And we saw um, exciting um, from where they were and from and we didn't see the, the, the arrow pointing up. And it's still, you know, it's not panicking time either. You know, they're not going to be the, the, the 2013, 2014 Knicks. Remember when the Knicks came back from that 54-win season? The following year, they were stink. They were dreadful, you know, and, and I don't see that happening this year. You know, uh, they're just so – it's just a different team, just a whole different mindset, you know, coaching-wise and so forth. Although Mike Whitson, uh, you know, it, it is what it was. You've you seen that. The Knicks have a lot of young talent. That team is so different. It's it's so different. It's just apple and oranges. Let's not even go there. Uh, I, I'm sorry to open up that can of worms there. But with that said, I think this team is still, um, ha of course, it's not going to play. It hasn't peaked. It hasn't played its best basketball. Just a minor bit about me personally. I'm going to be honest. I'm 25% concerned if the starting unit fits. Do this team, all these players all together fit? Um, I'm 25% now. Before I was like 10%, not even, you know, you know, because you got to be just a smigums of, of, of worried because it's human nature. Like, okay, let's see, you know, but be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm just, now I'm at 25 because I don't know what I'm going to get from Julius. If I'm going to, you know, I'm a little concerned. Hopefully he gets going, you know, hopefully, you know, it's something. You know, if you saw, if you heard my podcast last episode, I mentioned, you know, the New Orleans Pelican game. It was like a, a, a discord there um, with Julius and RJ and so forth. RJ had that career night and so forth, not to um, go by down the same path again. Um, um, but I think, you know, ever since that game, I've been seeing a difference in Julius Randle. But who knows what it could be, um, especially at home. It could be, you know, and it's not, and it could be not getting the proper sleep. The proper, you know, or you know, I remember um, one of my good friends, uh, uh, Dangerous, aka Russell, mentioned on one of the streams. It could it be that because now there's fans in the stands. Julius is um, not a shy, and 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 his shot or his concentration level is maybe a bit off a little bit. And but uh, but and but I remember saying, you know, but he's been a, these guys have been learning how to play in not just professional stadiums all year long in collegiate. You know the college basketball in Kentucky. Those that's like the fans are right on top of you, and he and he excelled well. Um, I don't I don't know. Um, could it be something there? But something has something has totally been different from Randall ever since that playoff series against the Hawks. Something is totally different there. I don't know if it's a lack of confidence. Um, because the Hawks, you, you, the Hawks did a well good job in stopping him, and he lost his confidence there. And you know, and maybe he heard a lot of rumblings it might have been a fluke or whatever the case um i don't know you know I, we don't know what what's going on um it's it and i think it's more in in between his ears i think it's more between his ears than his talent because we've seen the talent you know julius randall has the talent and, and he is very talented player 
very talented young man, and I think he'll be. I think he'll 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 be fine. He'll be fine. I think he'll he'll get it going. Um, I I don't I don't see Julius Randle reverting back into a pumpkin. I think he, and although I'm not gonna think he's not gonna make an All Star team, but I think he's gonna help the team um, go forward where they want to go. Um, and we shall see. So they got the the I call it the NBA chicken soup. Um, when you're gonna play against a one or fourteen team, the Rockets on Saturday. Let's see how they they come out. How how well that the offense looks. How well it looks. I'm not gonna make any prediction. I've been wrong so far on all my predictions. Um, you know, um, ever since uh, uh, two weeks ago, um, I've been you know wrong. So I don't want to make a prediction. I thought they were gonna go in and, and really um, have a wire to wire victory against the Magic's, but I was wrong with that. There, I'm just gonna say I want to see how the adjustments are with the Knicks. I want to see if Coach Thibodeau makes the adjustments, makes the right, uh, um, and the players buy in because even though Thibodeau could put all the schemes. Um, all all the player, all the right plays, call the right plays. But if the team doesn't execute it, then it was for nothing. It was for guts, you know. But we'll see, we'll see, and we'll see. Um, like I told you when I was mentioning a little bit earlier, keep an eye on Manu quickly being that vocal leader on the court. I noticed that, you know. Um, let's see his game. I think his stock up on, on Manu quickly. Keep an eye on his game stock up. Um, right now it's Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett stock down. But I think those two guys are gonna be okay. They'll they'll rebound. They might not be the sexiest, um, you know, picks or you know, on any NBA All Star ballots. But they'll be for us. They'll be for us. They'll be for us. We we us as Nick fans, we appreciate hardworking um work, hardworking NBA ball players. Uh, it might not be the glamorous, but we 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 when we know when we know when someone's giving all our all their effort. And all their best on the for, on the field on the court, we actually serenade them. Look at Charles Oakley. Look at um, John Starks. Uh, you know Xavier McDaniel's. Um, if you're a Knicks fan, it goes back to those days. You know Trent Tucker. You know you you go back to Kenny Skywalker. You know you go back to to all those kind of players that gave it. Gerald Wilkins. You know uh, I know um, those names and so forth. That you know they weren't the glamorous players in the NBA. Kiki Vandeweghe, but they gave you they put it all on the floor. And I think if, you know, at the end of the day with the Knicks fans, if we got players like that, lunch pail who bring their hard hats, you know, and bring their hard hats, roll up their sleeves, put on, put on the, you know, either the, the, their Polaroids or they're going in their, in their denim, you know, their work uniform and they're going there and they're going to work. And that's what we want. We want players that, you know, we, that's why I think we identify and, and we were revealed with the New York Knicks of last season because we saw that. And, um, and I don't see why not this team can't do that this season. You know, so what? You added a Fournier, you added a Kemba Walker, okay? Um, Fournier played well, plays well in Orlando. He could shoot, he could stretch the floor, and Kemba Walker drawing charges, playing. You know, it's just right now. It's just a moment of time to figure things out. I think the Knicks will be fine. I think the Knicks will be okay. Um, like I said, I'm only 25% concerned. It went up though. Let me I'll be totally transparent and honest. I was only at 10%. It went up to 25 to 15% because. Now I'm starting to see a pattern with the third quarter coming out abysmal, you know, not, you know, turning the ball over and, and they're keep mistake, ma making, doing the same mistakes over and over, going to that corner, left, either the right corner, the left corner and turnover. So we shall see how they adjust that. I wanted to make this quick um, podcast about going over the magic game, what to expect against the Houston Rockets, um, what to expect about the Houston Rockets. I'm going to, I'm not going to predict. I just think the Knicks are going to give a better effort. A better effort, prepare for home. Um, it'll be interesting to see 
if Thibodeau, how Thibodeau's going to um, play that. Remember, last time they had a back-to-back, they didn't play Kemba Walker first game, and they held them out. And let's see if they who's not going to be held out because they have the back-to-back Sunday night in Chicago against the Bulls. We shall see if they're, if they um, I think right now, I think they're a little bit of a, not too desperate. I'm not saying desperate because that's not a real good word um, at this moment. They're still over 500. A little bit of, I think Thibodeau is going to play both Walker and Rose. But um, but you know what? He could actually keep him at somewhere 15 to 16 minutes. Um, you have a man who quickly who's playing so well. You might want to increase IQ's minutes for just you know 10, 15 minutes. Sprinkle that and divide that around them. I think that I think it will work. But I'm hey, I'm just I'm just a spectator. Um, but I but though I want to thank everyone though. I want to wrap it up here. Keep it under an hour. I want to wrap. Thank everyone um, who's gonna wa- was watching us on Twitch as well as gonna watch us on YouTube in a couple hours. I'm uploaded to YouTube and uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and those that are going to listen to us on the podcast on Spotify, uh, on Google Podcasts, um, and all the different Anchor FM, Reason FM, all everywhere you find your your podcast. This program will be there, and all and check out our other programs on the Broadsport Jedi Network. Tonight we'll have the MMA program breaking down the MMA fights. Uh, UFC for uh, 42, Vegas 42, Yair Rodriguez um, past weekend against Max Holloway. We also got the upcoming UFC card uh, with the Chef Dan and Austin. We'll be breaking that down. Um, we also have the boxing fights um, that might be coming up. But uh, Fido Lopez will be fighting in the uh, theater at Madison Square Garden on the 28th. Um, we'll have that uh, preview. We'll also have some more Bellator, Cyborg preview fights. You know, a recap, excuse me. She she totally won her fight over the weekend. The boys will be breaking that down. The young men, actually. Um, and they'll be breaking that fight card down. We do do that. We do the UFC. We do the Yankees. Also, uh, the return uh, the return of the pinstripes. Or the pinstripes back, back, excuse me. We're pinstripes back, back. Programming. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of actions going on in the in MLB. Uh, you saw Verlander sign. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, follow us here. Here, if you're part of Twitch or you want to cross over to YouTube, we'll be there on Twitter as well. All the information there. Um, I'll put uh, those that are watching us. I'll put I'll put the banner where we also where you can find us. That's our web page. Uh, we'll find us at that web page there. Every other thing, every content available is there. You just go ahead, click on that. It'll take you to the, the different uh, social media platforms, YouTube platform here, back on Twitch. If you or you know share and like. We'll, we'll have live panels more often. I'll have more guests. I wanted to come out early. Everyone's working. I will normally come out later in the afternoon. I've also wanted to record it to download it on, on the podcast as well and edit it tonight on for YouTube. So I want to thank everyone. With that said, this is BX for Jedi Network. Introducing myself here on Twitch here and on YouTube. Uh, and everyone knows me already. Thank you for the overwhelming success in subscribers. Uh, we're at the 1.7 mark. So we're on a quest for 2K and we're 1.7. We're almost there, 300 subscribers away. And we thank you for your support, um, the gener- gen- generosity that you provide us uh, financially on Cash App and, and as well as PayPal and Super Chats as well. Thank you so much for the Super Chats um, for uh, on the watch-alongs. I appreciate it. Uh, and also the, all, all the podcasts and all the programming. I appreciate also everyone that's overwhelming buying all the merchandise at our merchandise store. 
Um, thank you for the, all the MMA. You know, we have the MMA merch up there, a couple of the Knicks uh, that we allow without getting in trouble with copyright so that we're allowed to print. It's all there available on the stores. Um, and, and we appreciate everyone that, so that's buying the different cup. Uh, I, I can't believe the coffee cups are going pretty quick. So I appreciate everyone. Um, thank you for all the overwhelming support. Um, thank you for the financial blessings that you give us on the program. And we appreciate it. Every, every dollar, um, you know, I, it gets invested right back to the program to either better equipment, um, high-speed internet, uh, or anything that we could do to help the program, you know, you know, uh, provide a, you know, we are partners, we're a network, it's not just myself, we have my, uh, Austin, my son Austin is on the program, Chef Dan is on the program, Breaking Down MMA, as well as uh, here with the basketball, we have Heal, which helps me out in, in MLB, Zach from A to Z Media crosses over and collaborates with us here on the basketball, football, as well as the MLB uh, Yankee Watch Along, and we also have Gideon, aka G Money, also part of the network, helping us out there, coming in with his takes and part of the program, doing play-by-plays as well around the NBA takes. Look for him; he's going to have a, a, a nice uh, 25 games um, resume around around the NBA league. I can't wait for him to bring that to fruition. And also, you have uh, we also working with Derek Wilder. Um, you teach, I teach, and you reach basketball podcasts on Facebook. And also comes on and helps us. So we're working. So it's a network of different things of, of all sports. If you love sports, we tried our best. We're not professionals. We're just a bunch of fans um, speaking about about sports, loving the passion of sports, uh, and, and just doing it for fun. You know, making friends here, um, networking with different content creators who would love to hear feedback. I mean, any way we could improve the program to make it better, or any, or if you want to come on and, and have a conversation about any sports, we will talk about any sports. You know, it doesn't have to be basketball-centric. It doesn't have to be Knicks-centric. You know, I love baseball. I love basketball. I love football. You know, um, boxing, of course, uh, UFC, wrestling, uh, WWE, um, Survivor Series coming up this weekend. We'll talk about that on the Combat Sport program later on. Uh, we had AEW this past weekend. You know, Hangman wins the, heavy, the AEW World Championship. You know, it was a really good AEW pay-per-view event that passed. Um, We'll be breaking that out tonight, so join us. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be on YouTube live first, and then we'll, I'll end up downloading it, editing it, and putting it on Twitch probably tomorrow. So those that are listening and watching us here on Twitch as well, so we'll, we'll see that tomorrow. But for me to you, this is BX for Jedi Network. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, on YouTube. I appreciate it. That's going to watch this uh, pre-recorded later. We thank you, and, and we appreciate your, your help and your blessing and allowing this program to grow from leaps and bounds. And I thank you so much. So this is BX Sports Jedi Network saying have a blessed afternoon, blessed evening, and we'll see you on the next time.